Welcome to Relentless Truth with John Warren, the podcast that extracts truth from a wide range of topics, revealing who God is, who we are, and how we relate to each other. Now, here's John with this week's powerful and practical insights. Welcome to Relentless Truth. I'm John Warren. It is good to be with you again. We have a very special guest today. His name is Matt Adams. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. Before I do, please remember to like, share, subscribe to, and comment on Relentless Truth. For more information, go to johnwarrenmedia.com. You can also learn about our sponsor, CFS Financial at johnwarrenmedia.com on the CFS Financial tab. Well, it is good to have my friend Matt Adams with us today. Welcome, Matt. Thanks. It's great to be here. Well, typically at this part of the podcast, those of you who've been listening, whenever we have a conversation with a guest, I tend to do a long-winded introduction, and I'm not going to do that because I want you to get to know who Matt Adams is. And I'm going to just quickly tell you that I'm going to start at the end. You know I serve on the board of Circle Christian School and teach there, and it has been my pleasure to be part of a search that has landed on Matt Adams as the next head of school for Circle Christian School. So that makes this honor, Matt, of having a conversation with you so special to me. But I want our listeners to get to know you and know a little bit about who you are. I know we're going to have students and parents and faculty members even who will will hear this episode of Relentless Truth. So I'd love it if you just start talking at your own pace, your own way, and tell your story. Sure. No, that sounds great. We're excited to be a part of, of Circle, and I'm excited for the future and moving forward. But uh, I'll, I'll start, I guess, kind of at the beginning. I'm one of those unusual folks that uh, was actually born here in Central Florida and has lived here my entire life. So my roots are here. My upbringing is here. I've spent, in this case, 40 years kind of experiencing the, the changes that have taken place even here in Central Florida, but was raised here, had the opportunity as a, a student to actually, of course, go to school here locally, but had was part of the first class that started at the First Academy, which, of course, is another private Christian school here in Central Florida. And through my entire schooling over at CFA and was a graduate over there in the year 2000, which for some reason, there's days where that feels like a long time ago and there's days where it feels like it was (laughs) yesterday. And from there, I headed off to college. I went, my first year was actually really the only extended period of time that I've been away from Central Florida. And I went to Mississippi College that first year and had some scholarship opportunities there and spent my first year up there. And kind of, I guess, in, a, in its own way, missed Central Florida and, and returned after that uh, to complete my studies out at UCF and finish my schooling out there. But it was interesting kind of along the way. And it, it, looking back, things are always more clear than they are sometimes when you're walking through them. But looking back, it's, it's fun to look at the events and people that, that God kind of put in my path. And so upon returning to Central Florida, I was a part of First Baptist Church of Winter Garden out in the west side of Orlando. And my now father-in-law was the youth pastor out there. And we got very involved in the youth ministry. And I was a little bit of one of those students that 
didn't necessarily have a completely clear direction. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to study. I didn't know sort of exactly what my career was going to be at that point. And I also am one of those people that is always kind of genuinely curious and, and tries to take advantage of opportunities that uh, God puts in our way. And so uh, my father-in-law uh, came to me at one point and asked me to join him in ministry on the middle school side. And I was a student at UCF at that point in time. I was young and I joined him in that journey. And for several years, we, we participated in um, youth ministry alongside the mentorship of my father-in-law. And looking back, that's really kind of where I, I fell in love with this idea of students and worldview and teaching and really kind of making a, a difference and an impact into that next generation. And it really gave me an opportunity looking back to learn and to grow and to, to really be mentored by, um, in this case, my father-in-law, that, that he, he walked alongside and, and taught me a lot during that time period. So we, we had a pretty unique opportunity there to, that I kind of look back on as a, a means that, that God kind of really pointed me in the direction of education. And so that actually influenced some of my time at UCF. As I mentioned, I, I went into college a little bit one of those students of, uh, which is not a, a completely clear direction. And at that point, I started studying specifically in the direction of education and uh, history and, and that path. And so I eventually graduated from UCF and moved into a teaching position, actually, at the First Academy as well. And I'll still remember my first teaching position because I had just finished college. My situation was a little unusual in that I was under the impression that I was on track to graduate in May and I applied for graduation and due to some situations that came up, uh, UCF came back and said that I was missing one course and it was one of these elective boxes that I had just not taken anything that satisfied it wasn't my time there. Oh no. And it was a little frustrating. Um, but you know, again, I look back on it and kind of go, okay, it, it all was just part of the plan and part of the process. And so I, I ended up registering for a summer course and completed it. It was actually one of the best courses I took out there. I still remember it. And ultimately I graduated in August, which for someone that's looking to go into education is a little bit of a challenging situation because schools are generally looking to fill their positions much earlier in the spring. Right. And so I was put into a situation where I, I didn't have a great deal of opportunity that was open and available. And so I started looking. I wasn't really getting anywhere. And we're right up against the start of school. And it was actually my wife who said to me, have you reached out to the private schools in the area? And I'll admit I had not at that point in time. And so I sent an email to a friend uh, over at the first Academy and just simply asked us the question, are there any openings? And she quickly got back to me and said, well, we, we are looking for a history uh, teacher, but it would be an AP position. And that just really doesn't feel appropriate for a uh, first year teacher, which, which right. I quickly agreed with. Right. Um, and, and we kind of left the conversation at that and I continued to search and, as the plan would work out, I actually woke up the next morning and had a text that said, call me as soon as you get this from the person that I had talked to the next day or the previous day. And so I did. I reached out. And as it happened, the seventh grade world history teacher had resigned that morning. Now, keep in mind, we're approximately a week before the beginning of school. 
And my friend over there, I still remember the conversation. She's recanting it to me and or recalling it, you know, with me. And she said, you know, as he's apologizing for feeling like he's leaving us in a, a bind, you know, she said, I, I said to him, sometimes God knows the plan. And he, she said, it's very clear in this case. She said, you know, he gave me the steps that I needed to complete. And we worked through those steps very quickly. And so even in that situation, that first sort of teaching job was uh, very much a, a God moment. Um, it was a position that I really wasn't expecting coming out of school in August right. and knowing a little bit of what to expect in the education space. And so I, I moved into that space. I was teaching seventh grade world history, which I think I've mentioned before and got started and had a fantastic group of students that first year and really kind of, that was the beginning of the teaching journey. And so I spent the first number of years, you know, teaching that seventh grade world history class. After about two years, I had a, a, co-worker um, that was in administration approached me about beginning a uh, new AP course that they, they wanted to kind of initiate. And so I got to do kind of the initiation of that and the beginning and the planning and, and coordinating of starting that course over at the First Academy, which was a, a great learning experience. Again, another experience where I really benefited immensely from, you know, the mentorship of, of someone that had been involved for a, a very long time. And so we we navigated through that process and um, ultimately moved into a situation where I was asked to progress and actually start a second AP course and uh, ultimately spent about 15 years at TFA over at the First Academy doing everything from middle school, world history, of course, where I started. At one point, I taught eighth grade uh, U.S. history. I also started AP human geography and AP psychology. I uh, was a part of their arts program. I coached for a number of years and really, again, saw what started out in youth ministry as just this, this enjoyment um, and fulfillment of teaching and, and growing and walking alongside students and moving, you know, into that next generation or making an impact kind of into that next generation. Mm-hmm. And so really, really enjoyed um, that you know, over the course of about 15 years. Now, before, then, before you uh, get to the present, yeah. I, I want to, one of my jobs as the guy leading the conversation is to keep you out of trouble. Okay. So, so I've, I've got to protect you from yourself and ask you to talk about the most important event in your life, or certainly one of them, you got married somewhere along the way. Absolutely. During this process. And yeah. I, I know you were, you're focused on your vocation, but at what point did that occur? Because you didn't know at the time, I mean, this is obvious, I guess, that your your future father-in-law was impacting your life so significantly, you didn't know he was going to be your father-in-law. So at, No, no, at, I, I didn't. At, um, what, at what point did he become your father-in-law? And ha- tell us about how, how that happened. Yeah, so um, on the, the, I guess, the, more of the family side, you're right, I was, I was focused more on the, the vocation work side. But my wife, Angela, and I, we actually met in high school and were very good friends through high school. And spent that first year, actually, she was at Mississippi College as well. And that was where we first started dating. I didn't know uh, that. And we came back that, yeah, so that was where we, we first started dating. We, and then when we came back, that was really what led to that interaction with First Baptist Winter Garden, because Angela had grown up out there. Her dad, I don't know the exact number of years, but he was the, the youth minister out there for a, a very long time. And so ultimately, we got married in 2005. And uh, like you said, I didn't realize at the time that 
the interactions that I was having, ultimately he would become my father-in-law. And he, I mean, he still is somebody that I would consider a mentor. I mean, he still is somebody that I can sit down with and, and bounce things off of and, you know, have kind of real conversations with in today's world, which I'm super thankful for to have. That is a rich, know, really on both. rich blessing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and to be able to have it on, you know, with my own family, but also to be able to have it with her family is fantastic. And so, so we got married and we, from there, we, of course we stayed here in central Florida. As I mentioned, we've, we've been here through really interestingly for her entire life as well, because she was born and raised out in winter garden as well. And so we've been kind of out in that West Orlando section for, for most of our married life. And so 2005 was when we got married. And then uh, we have two kids at this point in time, um, Ryder and Ansley, and they're, they're both part of the, the circle community as well. My daughter actually just, what is just a couple of days ago here turned 13. So that was a, a big milestone for us here recently, but we've got two um, great kids, writers eight, and they're both part of the circle community as well. And Ansley loves the arts program, which has been an enormous blessing at circle for us to be involved in. And Ryder at the same time, he, he loves sports. Um, we kind of encourage him to try whatever sport he's feeling like trying next. And, uh, you know, just staying active and, and, uh, enjoying those kinds of pieces that we have access to here in, in central Florida as well. So it, it's pretty cool, honestly, to look back and see, like I mentioned before, as you look back, things are oftentimes more clear, but to look back and see kind of the way that relationships that really started in high school ultimately, you know, grew into now my entire family in a real way that is, is both sides of our family. Because even with those relationships, the, my parents live very close to us. They're also out in Winter Garden. Uh, and Angela's parents are, are additionally they're in Winter Garden as well. So we have a, a fantastic support system out there just for us, for our kids, you know, for really our entire family, which is, is pretty unique, uh, I think, when you look at how close we've been able to stay to the Central Florida community for so long. Well, that's right. Uh, which is pretty neat. So I, I interrupted you. You were about to turn the corner. You you had been at uh, TF, yeah. TFA for a while. And uh, I wanted you to talk about your family briefly before you talked about your transition to Circle Christian School. And th- this is really the part of the story. You know, as you look back, you rightfully assign God's blessing to a number of things in your life, a number of people and inputs and, and the like. And and this next part of your story is, is emblematic of that as well, isn't it? I would totally agree. So the move to Circle was, if I can be pretty candid, was a, a little unexpected. It might even been a lot unexpected. And as we moved into the spring of 2020, as we're all familiar with at this point, that was sort of the beginning of COVID and private schools looking and making some changes and in the spring of 2020, I was told that I didn't have a teaching contract for the next year. And if I'm going to be honest with you, that was a little bit of a, a very surprising, but a little almost earth shattering, if I could be completely had, candid. Had to be, um, had to be jolting. Angela and I actually at the time were both working over there and to, to learn that I wasn't going to be teaching there the next year. It sent me into a space that was, I think, one that most dads and fathers would move into. And I immediately 
sort of became focused on, you know, providing for my family. And I started looking, I think as most of us would really at, at, at any means that would allow for that. And, uh, in a, in a way that can only be attributed to God's story in Providence, I actually got a text message from my mom and some in the circle community will, will know her. It's Cheryl Adams, uh, who some may have, have interfaced with, but she sent me a text and asked if I would be willing to have a conversation about moving into the director of guidance position um, at Circle. And uh, just thinking back on my schooling and, and knowing some of the experiences that I had uh, and some different things that I had studied and learned, I kind of thought to myself, well, I would certainly have a conversation about it. And then we moved further into the conversation and I learned that uh, the current director of guidance was Sue McIntyre, who, again, um, those in the circle community will recognize as having made a, a tremendous impact in the history of circle for, again, a, a number of years. Well, there was an additional connection there. I didn't realize that, that Sue was at circle. And I had known Sue back when I was in, uh, I guess it would have been really late middle school, maybe early high school. I don't remember the exact years. Hmm. My brother... And um, Sue's son, Mike, were very good friends. And so we had known their family for a long time. And so we kind of started the conversation to see if things would work out. And I was given the opportunity to join Circle again in a way that, I mean, I look back and it, it, it just, I truly, it's a story that only God can write. Almost a week, just over a week from the time I had learned that I, I, I didn't have work, about a week later in an environment where to be honest with you, work was becoming extraordinarily difficult to find. There was an opportunity that was provided, mm. which just felt like an incredible blessing and provision. And so that was our, that was kind of our, our move to the circle. And, and you and, know, for those, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but for those who don't know sure. Sue McIntyre, that had to feel like you're replacing Tom Brady as the, the next, <laughs> the next quarterback. I mean, Sue is just universally regarded as competent and loving and godly and capable. And I know from a board perspective, we were thinking, and, and you know, we've known that she wanted to move into retirement. I hope she isn't offended by me calling it retirement, but we've known, had known for some time that she wanted to to make that move. And so uh, we, we saw it as more of a, of a process and, and we were, we were concerned about, uh, how how in the world was anyone going to follow Tom Brady and be quarterback? And, and absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and along comes Matt Adams. So from our perspective at Circle, this was also a beautiful story, and you you were the answer to prayer and the blessing. So it wasn't just Matt Adams finding the right position from his perspective. It was just to be clear, it was a rich blessing from our perspective as well. See, yeah, well, I, I appreciate that. It was it was a it was a process. And I'll be honest with you. It was one that when I moved into it, there definitely was that feeling of my goodness. I, I've got a lot to learn. Uh, <laughs> Learn, and, learning, and, learning curve is steep and you don't know the playbook. Exactly. And, and the, the credit goes to a lot of people here, but I'm going to give a lot of it to Sue because you're exactly right in, in the description of she is, and we still talk on occasion. Uh, she was an incredible available mentor, partner, I guess I might say teammate to continue with, with that metaphor over the course of really an entire school year. 
And so as we moved into that transition, um, she was just, she was incredibly gracious. Uh, There were times where I would, I would reach out and say, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not really sure what the next move is here. And and she would gracefully spend time and walk through it. And uh, even in some instances, you know, walk through different situations and meetings, you know, alongside me in order to really ensure that success. And it was a, perfect picture of something that I have discussed over and over and over again at Circle and even outside of Circle with with people who've discussed, you know, joining Circle for their own students' education. And it, it was that that partnership that sometimes we focus on so frequently. And, and I know as an organization, we focus on it with our families. Uh, but this was a, a really true picture of partnership internally in this case yep. that she provided me with to, to walk alongside to truly mentor and coach through that first year that led to, you know, any success that we can point to making it through graduation, through a challenging school year, um, being able to keep the school open through a challenging school year, you know, all of the different things that we look back on in, you know, the 2021 sort of, I guess, annual cycle at this point uh, that, that were challenges that came up specifically for me on the academic side, it was just this amazing, willing, kind, generous, available mentorship that that really led to that success, which, again, I, I think is maybe a little bit unusual, but it was an enormous benefit moving into what was a new role for me, having spent 15 years in the classroom right. with students and being used to kind of the, that daily pattern and process. But but she was a, an enormous part of, of really that first year and not only the mindset, the, the intellect, the book knowledge, if you will, that is required for that position, but also the culture of circle and uh, many of those pieces as well that we, we dealt with through the course of the school year. You know, as, so as it, you're it describing was, this, Matt, I'm sorry to interrupt you again, but as you describe mm-hmm. this, I'm thinking, you know, it's important to recognize that there are organizations that don't enjoy this culture that circle has where... Uh, Sue McIntyre, who's very capable, wasn't threatened in any way, wasn't territorial, didn't have her arms around her area and didn't grip it tightly. She was so generous. And this is this is kind of how Sue has lived since I met her many years ago. Uh, just so generous and wanting to empower those around her. And it, it's just wonderful to hear that you experienced that. There are so many others. Your Your mom is is one of those people who immediately pops to mind who who's also part of that culture. Teachers like Dana Mosley and, and others. I don't want to slight anybody by leaving now that I've started calling names. It's just intrinsic in the culture that was built over the years. And uh, it's good to hear that you benefited from that. And from where I sit, again, you quickly became part of the fiber of the organization because you've you put your track shoes on and you learned the, everything you needed to know about the position and succeeded in it. And it, it, you're, I think you're exactly right. There is definitely that. And it is a, it's a culture within an organization and within circle. So often it's just really refreshing when, you know, something comes up. I can't think of a specific situation at the moment, but it, you know, if something were to come up, and it, it would be potentially outside of my realm of expertise or someone else's realm of expertise. If someone 
does have knowledge in that space, if someone does have an expertise in that space, so often they're quick to not only volunteer their time and knowledge, but also willing to, to jump into a space that isn't, I guess maybe I would describe it as like their silo, if you will. It's outside of, yeah. of you know, my responsibility, because that's the other part sometimes that we run into, I think, organizationally is, is organizations can become very protective of their, I'll use that word again, silo. They're, they're, this is my space. This is, I need to be the, the person that's mastered this. And even in that realm, so often people, you know, are quick to jump in and say, how can I help you? Right. Which again, I, I think is, is a huge, it's just a huge blessing organizationally to, to be in a space where people are willing to go outside of the, the boundary, if you will, of their uh, responsibility to help and ensure that an organization that we, we all care for and value, you know, incredibly uh, is willing, uh, not willing to, but is able to succeed, you know, in the day to day, but also in the long term, looking toward the future. So, so you arrive in the, at Circle Christian School in the middle of a pandemic when, in fact, mm-hmm. in the early stages where we, we went home and, and for, for the end of that school year in, in April of, uh, I guess, March of 2020, and then concluded the school year virtually. And then you arrive and spent that next year walking through uh, COVID protocols and, and, uh, and processes, procedures that were new to all of us. You get settled in, you met with lots of families, you did a great job with this uh, with the academic advising or guidance function. And then Circle goes through some some changes, and we, uh, just from my seat on the board, uh, we we decide to uh, hire a, a head of school and talk about, if you would, anything else you want to talk about from that, that year and a half or so that I just kind of kind of skipped over. But talk about, if you would, the opening of that position, your interest, and how we got to this place. Yeah. So um, we, we definitely saw some change in transition. We, I think we all saw a incredible amount of, you know, change just even from a cultural societal standpoint, you know, working through the, the school year in 2020 and 2021. And then as we move into really the fall of 2021, the, the opportunity, you know, became available as we started looking for a head of school. And again, it, it, it all about really I find myself looking back quite a bit because the story sometimes is one that that I even have a hard time finding words to describe and so we looking at past experience uh, knowing that the position was available I think I've shared with you John in the past uh, moving into new leadership positions is something that I've, I've kind of always looked for I mentioned even when my father-in-law asked me to join him in ministry, it's not something that I've always been extraordinarily comfortable with or walked into going, you know, I know everything, but I oftentimes walk in going, right. where can I learn? Where can I be mentored? Um, how can I continue to grow? And uh, so I mentioned the, the ministry opportunity. There was a, a business sort of opportunity, I guess, work opportunity while I was in college where I was part of an opening team at a Chick-fil-A and had an opportunity about two weeks into the opening of the store to move into a management position, which again was looking for those leadership positions and, and within education, the move from a teacher uh, into the uh, director of guidance position was a, a definite step into 
these leadership roles kind of for the first time. And again, I had tremendous support and mentorship, you know, through that first year and continued to grow. And even within uh, the idea of, I guess what we would call self-awareness, you know, develop some, the ability to, to do some things and, and work through situations. And uh, when the head of school position opened, it was kind of the opportunity for, you know, again, a potential move into growth and an opportunity to continue to, I sincerely hope moving forward, lend skills and experiences and, and knowledge base. And again, continuing with that idea of teamwork with our fantastic leadership team that we have here, you know, I saw it as an opportunity to potentially be a part of Circle for what I hope is, you know, many years down the road. And it was an exciting, you know, possibility. And so we, we, we started the, the conversation and, uh, you know, kind of worked through the, the process as far as, you know, different interview steps. And right. um, ultimately, I'm honestly really excited, not only for the, the opportunity within the position, but really excited for the future of really the opportunity for an organization like Circle. And I, I, I'll try to explain a little bit of what I mean by that. We, we've clearly seen a lot of change and transition through the COVID era over the last 20 months or so, 20 going on, you know, almost two years. Yep. And the transition and changes that we've seen has moved people, especially from a, a societal standpoint, to really start to look in, I guess what I would call non-traditional type of school settings. And when I, when I say non-traditional, I think what we think of as traditional school is the, is the five day, you know, seven to two, eight to three type of school setting. And right. uh, we saw an enormous cultural shift, statistics showing even from one year to the next, statistics showing that there was in, within the state of Florida a, about a 50% increase in those that were looking to participate in home education. I'll never forget a meeting that we had with Florida Virtual with our district manager where she indicated at one point that Florida Virtual School had seen an 800% increase in enrollment year over year. Yeah, it's not, um, not surprising. During that time period. And so really, you know, looking at these statistics, looking at the society that we're in right now and knowing the in the relatively short time that I've seen, even with my own two, two children and students, the benefits of a process like what we have at Circle and then couple that with the Christian worldview elements and the way that we're able to communicate core topics and core subjects with that idea of Christian education and Christian value um, and worldview at the core of it is really a tremendously exciting place to be, you know, looking ahead, realizing the opportunities that potentially may be in the future for an organization like us with the foundation that's been laid that's uh, right. over the last years. Well, that that's exactly right. And as you were talking, I was thinking about the fact that many of those things you just cited compelled us back when our daughter was going out of fourth grade into fifth after meeting Jim and Linda Warner and hearing their story. We made the decision to come to Circle for many of the reasons you just cited. And over those initial few years, I remember thinking, when I think about what makes Circle special, and when I thought about it back then, there were there were so many things because it was a great 
transition tool for those who had homeschooled. We had not. To that point, she was at a large uh, local Christian school prior to coming to Circle, but it was appealing to that group. It was appealing to athletes, actors, those who are in the arts, and those who have uh, special interests because of the scheduling. And, And on and on you go. But at the end of the day, the way I sum it up is it's a special place with a special culture with people who have expertise and really really care about each other. But um, Matt, when I hear this part of your story, I can tell you from a board perspective that we were blessed to have you and and a couple of other uh, very well-qualified candidates. We agreed to keep the, the search uh, cl- close to home because of the unique model, and, and we, we decided to stage it. And it just was a blessing to walk through the process with you. And for those of you who are listening who don't know Matt who are involved I hope you'll you'll get to know him because this humble guy who's just telling his story in very plain terms is the guy that you get every day which affirms that we are blessed and have um, have have made the right decision but I want to ask you I want to put you on the spot I want to do a lightning round with you for just a few minutes and I want to ask you this how as you look forward what are the couple of things that uh, might not be so obvious to people who aren't involved at Circle, but what are what are the few, you know, one or two or three things that really make Circle special that you would share with the part of our audience that maybe doesn't know what Circle Christian School really is all about? That's a, that's a great question. One that, honestly, I've talked with even friends about that I think is really, uh, again, sort of unique to us is when you really kind of distill most schools down, there's three areas that schools focus on. Of course, there's the academics, which we can't get away from that. That's, of course, the, really the most important piece within that. But most schools are also going to have an athletics focus and an arts focus. And one thing that I've learned since joining Circle is that all three of those areas are done with excellence. As we look at the academics and we look at some of the metrics that we might look at, college acceptance rates, Um, graduation rates, you know, those kinds of things, they all point toward excellence. As we look at athletics and we look at our athletes being afforded the opportunities to compete not only in a traditional season, but also district, uh, regional, and then for many of our teams, uh, even some athletes participating in the state-level competition. Again, uh, when you get to that state level, you're dealing with the, the most successful athletes in the state. Again, it points toward the idea of of excellence. And then, of course, we have the arts program, which, to be honest with you, as somebody who was raised playing sports, but then also found a distinct love in the arts culture, sort of moving into college, I was a little uh, unaware of the arts program at Circle. But I knew that my daughter desperately wanted to be involved. And so we we got involved in it. And I will tell you, um, having been involved in, in the arts culture in Central Florida, the arts program at Circle is again, it's it's done with excellence. The the programs, the teaching, the coaching, the mentoring through all of those programs, academically, athletically, and in the arts, all three of them are done just on a on a really tremendous level, which is sometimes a little unique. Sometimes you find one area, two areas, but to have all three is something that is is pretty distinct and, and in its own way, really just a fantastic part of the 
the Circle culture because a student can really find their way and their success at Circle and really any of those three environments, which makes Circle, again, a pretty inviting environment for just about any student. Um, yeah. Whether you're an academic, whether you're an athlete, or whether you're you're you know looking to be involved in the arts, so that that's probably the first one that kind of comes to mind. Other than that, I, I think we do have a distinct advantage in our our model, which is a little bit uh, unique. Again, my two students, for example, they attend class on campus two days a week, and uh, they have, of course, you know, fantastic teachers that facilitate their classes, and then we, as the parents, we we partner um, at home with uh, the rest of, you know, the, the teaching and the education uh, assignments that come along each week with that. And, and so the other part of it is it really allows us as parents to be quite involved in that education process as well, which I think is also pretty unique amongst the school situation. Oftentimes we, you know, having been on the other side of that from a five-day program, you know, I'm meeting with students every day. I'm responsible for articulating the, the knowledge and curriculum Right. Whereas for us as parents, the, just the involvement that we're allowed to have is a huge blessing that prior to two years ago, I, I wasn't even aware that I was sort of missing out on as a parent. And That's so right. as we look at Circle, there there are some of those, you know, pieces that make it a really special and unique place. You know, we, that, we experienced this too. And I, I just want to quickly interject. I wonder if you found this. We found that we knew our daughter. We were a close family. I mean, she's an only child. You have two children. Mm-hmm. And I would have said that we know her very well and we're, and we're very close to her. But after about a year of circle with the scheduling that you just described, we realized, wow, we didn't know her as well as we thought we did. And now we're closer and we, I mean, life isn't perfect, but just because we changed to a, a new model, but it gave us that platform, that opportunity to really grow as a family. Absolutely. And, and I think, I think sometimes we, we don't, and I know I would say this for us, we didn't realize, I guess I would say what was possible until we got started with it. And right. so Same for it, us. it gives just a lot of the, it gives significantly more time for all kinds of different conversations and, and even, you know, experiences in particular when it comes to education. I love to be able to experience things. I love to be able to, to go and do and see and interact. And so it's given some of those opportunities even. And, and so it's uh, it's been a really, honestly, fantastic experience that we've been able to experience over the last you know two years now and hope to continue for the rest of their education, to be honest, at this point, because it, it has really opened some of those you know doors and conversations and just on a daily you know interaction type of level that uh, you just you don't always get simply because the, the time is not there when a student's spending so much time every day uh, in a, in a traditional school setting. Well, that's right. And not to turn this into a circle Christian school infomercial, but there, <laughs> there really isn't a competitor out there. And that's not to disparage other entities who are engaged in Christian education. There's just not the model, the culture, the, the things that make circle circle aren't present in other schools. And as you know, I do work with schools all over the country and I don't see this, although there certainly could be somebody I'm missing out there. I don't see this exact model with this culture employed any place. It's a special, again, not without its challenges from time to time, but it is just a special place with a special 
culture and and this I'm trying to avoid the use of the word hybrid to describe the model, but that's that is what it is. It's a model that has lots of versatility. There's an emphasis on quality. The school is accredited. It is a place that is unique. And I think as we close this out, Matt, I'm wondering if you could just talk to for a moment. I think one of our our secrets, uh, if if I can call it that, is the families that are involved in Circle. They, I don't even know how to describe it. I don't know what it is about Circle that attracts people like this, but they are among the brightest, kindest, most engaged, loving Christ followers who walk by faith, who who demonstrate, who live out their faith so well, and they make Circle Circle. And I, I'm wondering if you could, you, you've gotten to see this now for a couple of years. I wonder if you could just close us out because I think it would be interesting to people who aren't here to hear what what about our families make makes this so so special. Yeah, no, our, we talk uh, regularly about our families because it really is an environment, and we use the word partnership. I think I mentioned earlier quite a bit, but it really is a a distinct partnership in education. Where the school, of course, we have roles that we fill administratively, as you mentioned. You know, we're accredited. We have the, the school side of things, but our families are sometimes, well, many times, just as much a, a true partner in that process. And the way that they, they support the school from the giving of their time, I think in particular, and this is probably where I've experienced it the most, but uh, when we look at those other spaces, when we look at the art space and the athletic space and parents that are willing to be involved, not only you know, multiple days a week with their own students at home on the education side and the academic side. But then they're also willing to give just in additional ways outside of that, whether it's, it's being involved in coaching or whether it's being involved in the arts program. I, I think in my own mind, there's a, a group of ladies that help oftentimes with the costuming for the shows that spend hours and hours and hours doing, you know, adjustments and resewing hems and late into the night, sometimes leading up into shows and, and just the way that our families are willing to be a active participant in their students' education journey, not only on the academic side, but also in other avenues is a huge part of what allows, you know, Circle to experience that success. And so when we talk about, and we oftentimes use the phrase parent partnership, when we talk about that, it, it really is something that is exemplified uh, across the organization. And a huge part of that is our families that are willing to, again, not only participate in the academic side of things, but also to give, you know, additional talents and, and knowledge and experience that they have in other spaces that really do lead to our overall ability to do kind of what I started at the beginning with. And that's to, to really do all of these areas with a level of excellence. And it would be very difficult for the organization to have a success that it has without that real partnership from, you know, the school to the family, but subsequently from the family to the school. Well, you said that beautifully and that's exactly right. I have the pleasure of spending time in class with our students and they are a special group of young people. I get to hang out with 70 some 11th and 12th graders every week in uh, six different classes, two courses, six sections, and they are they are just a special group of people as are are their families and they they do 
work beautifully, I believe, in this in this model. Matt, I want to close us out with this thought. As you were talking, I was thinking, you really will be embarrassed at this characterization probably, but you really give me hope for future generations, not just your generation, because you are a relatively young leader here as head of school at Circle, but it gives me hope for future generations. If you think about it, if you're in the 12 or so years that you were at uh, First Academy, a, a kind of a full generation moves through from kindergarten through 12th grade. So if you think about the significance of the work that you're doing, the influence that you'll have here at Circle, it gives me confidence that Christian education is not dead, that in spite of all of the challenges that we see in society and talk about an awful lot, our great hope in Christ gets lived out in people like Matt Adams at Circle Christian School. And I just want to be very clear that it's a blessing to get to come alongside you and and, uh, partner with you in this effort. And it's been a treat at a time when I know you don't have time for you to take 50 minutes to have a conversation with me here at Relentless Truth. So thank you, and you're such a blessing, and it's been good to have you here. Thanks. I I appreciate appreciate the opportunity just to to talk. And I, I am, as you said, I'm excited for the future, excited for what we are able to do each day to be able to you know, convey academics and knowledge, but to do it in a way that is really at the forefront of the entire conversation is that idea of biblical worldview, Christian worldview, and being able to create that sort of, I guess I would say mindset, uh, even for our students as they move into, you know, the next, the next stages into the college environment and ultimately into their own you know, vocations and families and with the hope and assurance that the foundation that's laid will carry on with them um, as they move into those next steps. And so that's a huge excitement that I've grown from. It's also, I mean, I'll add this as well. It's something that I was was taught even uh, in my own time and and benefit of that in Christian education and what it's been in my own life. And so I, I hope oftentimes in many ways to just give the smallest amount, if I can give even just a little bit of that, to the students that I come in contact with. I'm excited for the next generation and, and what they're going to bring to their own families, their own vocations, um, and to our, our society as a country. Well, I can't imagine more important work than the vocation that uh, God has uh, appointed for you and that you've accepted and that you've pursued for these years. And we're just delighted to have you at Circle. And, and it's been great to have you here. Folks, I hope you'll Take some time to go to the website, johnwarrenmedia.com. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts and feel free to uh, subscribe and uh, comment. You can uh, contact us through our contact form or by going to john at johnwarrenmedia.com and sending an email. I'm sure Matt would love to hear from you as well. So thank you for being with us and we look forward to being with you again next time. Thanks for listening to Relentless Truth with John Warren. Please consider sharing this podcast and subscribe to receive future episodes. Connect with John regarding your comments, questions, and show ideas through johnwarrenmedia.com or at John Warren Media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. That's all for this episode. Join us next week for another edition of Relentless Truth with John Warren.